game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, it happened again. The Edmonton Oilers with a 4-2 lead after two periods, and they do not win. They settle for a single point as the Colorado Avalanche rally to beat the Oilers 6-5 in overtime. Miko Rantanen with the game winner with 21.1 seconds left in the OT. So, some problems here for the Oilers. They can't hold leads. Having trouble stopping offenses that can really crank it up, and they oddly enough cannot win when they go to overtime or a shootout eight consecutive games that have been tied after 60 minutes the Oilers have not won they're two and eight in games that have gone to overtime this season and a really weird looking record over the last nine games the Oilers are three one and five so five of their last night of five of their last nine games have been tied after 60 minutes and the Oilers have not been able to win any of them. Three in a shootout and now two in overtime. So their record for the season drops to 30-19-8. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Thanks a lot for joining us. Well, Rob, it uh, it's not exactly similar to what happened a couple of days ago, though there are some significant similarities. A 3 nothing lead at some point in the game, a 4-2 lead after two, and an early goal by the opposition in the third period to get them sparked uh, that's something that the the players and the coaches will talk about in the dressing room when you're down by two going into a third period uh, the whole key is okay let's get one early let's put a little stress on the opposition uh, the longer it stays a two goal cushion uh, the less or the more the the adrenaline will go out of the team that's losing and they'll start watching the clock and then they'll get a little nervous but if you can score a goal early all of a sudden now you got 18 19 whatever minutes left and all you need is one shot to go in so it's very important we saw it the other night it happened against the Oilers and then again McKinnon uh, scores a big goal having said that the Oilers were able to extend the lead again but it, what I just talked about with Bob at the end of the, the game there is the Oilers are just giving up too many grade A scoring chances against and then it just becomes uh, which goaltender can make the, the one big save when needed and tonight it was Georgie the fifth was able to do that but when the Oilers were having their really good run out of Christmas, they weren't giving up the odd man breaks. They weren't giving up, you know, three, four, five, six goals against. They were keeping the opposition to two or less. They were playing good defensive hockey. And because they were limiting the chances against, the other teams were having to open it up. And the Oilers were taking advantage of that. Right now, the Oilers have opened up the way they're playing. And it's allowed easy access, odd man breaks, uh, players left alone in front and these teams are taking advantage of it and the Edmonton Oilers have got away from what had them successful after Christmas and now they're just turning into a run and gun game and the Oilers seem to find themselves on the wrong side here a lot lately. So 6-5 the Avalanche win it in overtime let's go back to Denver and go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca here's head coach Jay Woodcroft 
Having the leads might be a little disappointing, but getting a point on the road against Cup champs, not too bad of a situation. You know, normally I might dress it up and say hey, it's good to get a point, but uh, I got to say that 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 was uh, utterly disappointing for us. Um, the way we um, handled some things in the third period there, we thought, uh, I, in fact, we know we can defend a lot better than we did, and um, ultimately uh, it cost us getting uh, the second point. But uh, we'll take the point and move on. But to dress it up any other way is other than disappointing uh, would be um, not honest. Is this a bit of a carryover, not just maybe today, but just the last couple of games where you've been you know, close but not quite getting that goal or shootout opportunity you would like? Well, I, I think we gave up uh, four against Detroit, uh, four um, at home the other night as well uh, against a high-flying New York Ranger team in regulation, I'm talking. So four, four, and then uh, six tonight. Uh, that's not conducive to the type of hockey that gets played in, in the month of May and into the month of June. So for us, um, it's important we look in the mirror here and and uh, determine how we're going to try and win hockey games. Um, there were a lot of good things in that game, especially offensively. Uh, we got contributions up and down the lineup but um, to dress it up as anything other than disappointing that we didn't defend the right way down the stretch um, as I said that would be false. Jay, last game in this game you storm out to three nothing leads unable to hold on what's the main difference when it comes to the execution of the game plan of getting to that three goal lead and then not being able to hold on to it? yeah I thought we skated uh, I thought we skated well early I thought our penalty kill I mean you know uh, we found ourselves four penalties down I think 23 minutes into the game or so um, so uh, I thought all of that was was really good um, I don't think we took our foot off the gas in any way just think there's moments in the game, um, individual moments where we can be a lot better in. Um, and uh, as I said, you know, if, if we want to play uh, the type of hockey we want to play down the stretch and in the, the month of May and in the month of June, uh, you don't see these types of games. Uh, so it's an area of improvement for us. We have a lot of proud people. We're sticking together. Um, but we will look in the mirror and, and uh, address what needs to be addressed. Did having to go 11 and 6 for the second straight game play a factor in the fatigue that we saw in the late stages of this game? You know what? I think that's excuses. And uh, we're not in the business of making excuses. We're in the business of getting better. And that's what we're going to have to do because six goals against, um, not good enough. It was a day off. It's family day. I wonder if that's a, a good day for guys just to yeah, think about maybe their own games a little bit, but also spend some time away from the rink and, and ready to go next game out. Yeah, scheduled day off. Um, and then, you know, the coaches uh, will be getting ready for um, a really competitive Philadelphia team. And, and then uh, on Tuesday, uh, we'll go through a regular pregame skate and, and uh, get ready. Um, but certainly we're going to have to use today's game as a learning experience. Um, as I said, it, it, and it will be on the defensive side of things. It's not going to be on the offensive side. Thank you. Okay, that's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after the Oilers lose 6-5 in overtime to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, perhaps, Rob, in about 54 weeks as the Oilers head coach, the most critical we've heard him, I think, of his team and his performance. I know we had a caller last game saying that he... Didn't like how Woodcroft addressed things after the game, but he, after some of the games, but he called that utterly disappointing. Didn't like the way we handled some things in the third period. We didn't defend the right way down the stretch. Well, and it was just 
what we were talking about, how the, the, the Oilers are a great offensive team. And they can score, you know, four goals each and every night. But when you have to score five to win hockey games, you find yourself in trouble. And that's what's happened as of late. The Oilers are giving up too many chances against. Uh, you, you'll find there, the odd man breaks coming against. There's a number of times when if you watch the replay of this game where the Oilers high forward in the offensive zone isn't in the right place defensively. One pass has beaten them, and all of a sudden it's three on twos. It's players coming with speed through the neutral zone. The defenders, the defensemen for the Oilers, can't stand up on them because it just gets chipped by because there's another player coming because the Oilers don't have backtracking. Uh, in their own zone, soft plays around the net. The goal where I think it was O'Connor punched it in under Campbell, O'Connor and Bouchard were on one post, and the puck came out, and Campbell made a really nice play. And held the puck against his toe, but Campbell is what is he six foot three? He needed to be six foot four to be able to get his foot on it. So he just pushed it there. O'Connor left the one post, went all the way behind the net, and got three pokes at the puck. Bouchard, who's the player that was defending him, stayed on the far side and watched. Those are plays that have to be addressed because when you're engaged with a player in your own zone, especially below the hash marks, you have to stay with that player. That's your guy. It's too, there's not enough time for someone to see, okay, he's lost his player. I can get back there because everybody's engaged in a, in a battle at that point. And it wasn't just Bouchard. There was a number of players, when you give up that many scoring chances uh, in a third period, that were missing, uh, missing in the battle, that were uh, missing assignments, that were the communication was off. Um, it was uh, just a, a repeat of what we've seen as of late where the Oilers are just giving up too many chances and hoping, hoping to be able to outscore those chances. This is a game where they got three goals from third and fourth lines. Three goals from third and fourth lines for a team that has Connor and Leon and Hyman and Nugent Hopkins should be way more than enough goals to win a hockey game, and it wasn't. 6-5, the Avalanche win in overtime. Well, and I wonder too, Rob, about the impact between the years, which, as we often talk about, is, well, sometimes bigger than your physical abilities. Now, not, I mean, they've only won three of their last nine. The games they've lost have not all been blown leads, but now you wonder, okay, well, the others are up 3 nothing. Are they thinking like, okay, lock it down? Or are they thinking like, well, we, we need more because we can't hold this? And opposition teams are now thinking down 3 nothing to the others halfway through the second period? Okay, we can crank it up. We, we, we know we can crack them. Well, 100% on both things you said there. As a player... When things have gone right for you in certain situations, the next time you get in that situation, you're like, okay, we've been here before. We've been down a goal late in the game. We, we can score. Or, you know what, we've had a goal. We know how to play these close games. We always have success in it. And the opposite side is, okay, this is the third game in a row that we've given up a lead. So the next time, and I said to Bob, the next time the Oilers have a, a two-goal lead going into the third period or a lead going into the third, do they get to the point where now they're hoping they win? instead of going out and doing all the things. And teams talk. So before, in between the second and third period, for example, if Philadelphia comes in here on Tuesday night and they're down 3-1 going into the third, John Tortorella says, hey, guys, this team is fragile. Get one early and we will see the stress level on that bench go sky high. So just keep going, guys. This game isn't over. Uh, Players will feed into that, and then that means th they'll come out in the third bit and they'll be gangbusters because, hey, we can get on this team. So you're 100%. It is between the years of the Edmonton Oilers, and because it's happened, 
uh, time and time again as of late, teams that are getting coming into Edmonton are like, you know what? Game is never over here. And it play all the players, like the goaltender, okay, I got to make a big save because the last couple times I didn't make that save and it just turned into a snowball. The others are not playing, and Jay, and this isn't just us saying it, Jay Woodcroft said it, they're not doing the things that they need to do to be successful in the important games, and that's playing good defensive hockey. So the Oilers lose 6-5 in overtime to the Avalanche, updating the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Senators ring up the Blues 7-2. Minnesota, a dramatic third period there. Predators tied it in the final minute. Minnesota came back and won it in the final minute. 4-3, wild over Predators. And, Reed, that is a huge game. The National Predators are on the outside looking, and the team they're trying to catch are the Minnesota Wild. Nashville wins. They pulled within a bink, within three points with games in hand. That was a huge loss for the Nashville Predators. Toronto and Chicago scoreless about eight minutes into the game. A little bit later on, Winnipeg at New Jersey, and the Blue Jackets will play the Coyotes. Edmonton Oil Kings uh, home game tomorrow, Family Day, 2 p.m. They're going to be taking on Kamloops. That should be a fun one to watch uh, for the Edmonton Oil Kings. Okay, you can get us at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. We have Gord standing by. Hi, Gord. Thanks for calling. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, you know what I'm really ticked off about is Holland's got to get a guy that can take a friggin' face-off. Well, actually, the Oilers are a pretty good face-off team this year. But they said they, they tend to, they tend to not cover some of the losses yeah. very well. What, would it, what did it wind up today? Uh, and I'm not. We're not arguing nope. with you, Gord. But uh, yeah, Avs had a bit of an advantage today, uh, 42-37, 53%. But the, the Avs did score a goal right off a face-off win. Well, that's the pro well twice tonight they scored because the the goal that was tipped in we think uh, the, the Lekkinen goal. Scored, Lekkinen goal that was right off a face-off, and obviously the game-winning goal was right off a face-off. So the Oilers aren't. They aren't bad on face-offs, but it seems like when they lose the face-off, they have a hard time understanding where to go or who to pick up. And it has cost them a number of goals this year, both five-on-five five and shorthanded. And tonight, two goals directly resulted from face-off plays. Well, and they lean a lot on the guys they lean a lot on for everything, for Drysaddle and McDavid to take face-offs. So Leon was 12 out of 24. Connor was 11 out of 23. So both around... Uh, 50%. 50%. So, but they combined to take 47 face-offs, and there were uh, 79 face-offs in the game. So, yeah, well over half. Yeah, no, uh, a good point. And the Oilers, uh, well, Derek Ryan, I don't know what he is on the season right now. He takes the majority of the ones on the, the right side or the off side of Connor and Leon, but that's the one thing that we've talked about for the Oilers at the deadline is picking up depth players. One depth player you'd love to have up front is a bottom six player that plays with energy, that can penalty kill, but more importantly can win face-offs. And that's what I think they'll they'll be looking. Uh, I mean, what's how do you say? Achari that just went to Toronto. Yep. One of the keys to him is he is a good face-off player. But that's something you're right that the Oilers would love to have as a depth player. Coming into the game, Ryan was 51%, Dreisaitl 53.5, and McDavid 50.9. So the three guys who take a lot of face-offs are Better over 50%. But I, I think, to, to me, the point 
uh, well, I don't want to put Gord's words, shouldn't put words in Gord's mouth. But the, the thing for me, I would think is you, you would need somebody to win a face-off other than the guys you want taking face-offs in the offensive end. Yes. Um, I mean, sure, of course, they're going to have to take draws in their own end, and Dreisaitl is good at it, so you'd want him to do it. But it seems like every time, especially on the left side, okay, Leon, you got to go take it. you got to go take it. Well, and it's 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 not so much thinking, okay, well, he's just taking a face-off. It's if face-off, you win the face-off, you don't get the puck out. Now you're stuck in your own zone for an extra 20, 30 seconds, 40 seconds. And what that does, it takes away from the offensive stuff that Leon could do because now he's changing and he doesn't get to do what he does best, and that's offensively. So, yeah, tonight, two face-offs directly impacted the Edmonton Oilers with goals against. 6-5, the Avalanche win in overtime. The Oilers were up 3-0, 28 minutes into the game, up 4-2 after two. We do turn on the Japanese Village goal light. You can go to 630ched.com, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. We turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. It also means a $500 donation to 630ched Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to James H. Brown. .com. They give 100 bucks every time the Oilers score. Okay, we'll get to uh, more of your reaction and more reaction from a likely very deflated Oilers dressing room after this 6-5 overtime loss to the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, you heard that stat. The Oilers are 3-1-5 and five in their last nine games. Cannot win in OT or a shootout if it gets that far. You're listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Right wing to McKinnon. Cuts to the middle. Now into the oil end. Down the left wing. Put it on net. Saved by Campbell. The rebound. Campbell keeping it out. Oh, what a stop. He got it with a glove. And with 30 seconds to go in overtime, Jack Campbell. Well, unfortunately for the Oilers, the Avalanche would get the game-winning goal in overtime eight seconds after that, but Campbell and Mooner said it. The puck was on the goal line, and he held strong with his pad, and then it flipped up in the air, and he snatched it out of the air. When that happened, I thought, well, maybe it's going to go the Oilers' way after all, even though they'd blown a lead in this game, but Rantanen would score off the ensuing faceoff, so 6-5, the Avalanche win it in overtime. Um, You know, I I seem we... I'm sure both goalies are thinking, well, I let in five, probably some plays I want back, but both goalies made some pretty big saves at times too. They did. Uh, you look at uh, Georgie the fifth, he stops the breakaway in the third period by Yamamoto. Uh, Campbell, the one we just heard in overtime, that was a big save. Uh, both teams had some chances in overtime. It was a very entertaining overtime. And again, I agree with you that uh, when Campbell made the save on McKinnon and then the three or four chances in a row on Randon, you're like, okay, this is finally the Oilers got the break they needed. Unfortunately, it was for naught. But it was that play that we just listened to the highlight of. We see a lot in when we're at the rink, especially upstairs at Rogers, when a play will start to, to develop and McDavid's on the ice. And I'll be like, uh-oh, the opposition's in trouble. Because McDavid, just the way things were going, the way McDavid's picking up speed, He's going to get a great A scoring chance. Well, that one right there, even watching it on TV, you're like, uh-oh, McKinnon's got full speed. Uh, Bouchard 
started backpedaling a little too quick and McKinnon got a step on McDavid and that started that whole sequence and if it wasn't for the great saves by Campbell it, the game would have been over a little quicker McKinnon has McDavid speed and it's fun when those two teams watch and the the only good thing if there's a good thing as an Oiler fan about the Avalanche tying the game up late is you got to see an overtime between two of the best teams in the Western Conference and two of the best players in the world going head-to-head. -head. Unfortunately for the Oilers, it was one of the superstars of the Colorado Avalanche that finished this one off. So that was Campbell's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Avs win 6-5 in overtime. Two goals for this man today, Warren Fogle. Warren, I'll ask you the same thing I asked Tyson. Uh, another three-goal lead for you guys. A second straight game, you guys jumped out to a three-goal lead. How disappointing is it not being able to hold on to him? Yeah, it's frustrating, right? Like, we score enough goals, and, you know, the mentality has to be to defend, and, you know, we're definitely capable of it. It's just having the right mindset. Like, we don't need to score more goals. We're up three, you know, so we got to take shorter shifts and stay above guys, and for some reason we're just not doing that. Is that what's missing a little bit right now, the commitment to the defensive side of the puck over the last seven? Yeah, you know, I just think sometimes we extend our shifts, and, we're not really, forwards aren't really helping our D much. And, you know, it's to win, it's a whole team effort, you know. And, um, you know, like I just said, like we score so many goals, it's just the commitment to play defense. And, you know, we've shown that at times. We, we showed it last year. And it's just frustrating that we don't, you know, we didn't do it tonight. Your team was playing its best hockey going into the All-Star break, going 7-0-1, now 2-1-4 in the last seven coming out of it. What do you think is missing right now in terms of the overall mojo from this club? I think it's just that. I think uh, that stretch before, we were, you know, we were helping our D out. We were above guys. You know, there was a real emphasis of, you know, committing to play D. And, for some reason, we're just not doing that. And, you know, we, we better get our act together because there's only, what is it, 25 games left? So points are crucial, and, you know, we got to start waking up. What's it going to take to turn the ship around? Um, it's, it's like I said, you know, it's a mentality. I think the whole group needs to, you know, look. everyone's got to look in the mirror and see how we can play, be better and, and, and you know, play a full 60 and, you know, get wins. Uh, maybe just touch on your game tonight. You took the two early penalties, but then immediately responded with a goal, two goals for this game. Yeah, you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, like I just said, we, we score enough goals. We, we need wins, and, you know, we, we just weren't defending. All right, that is Warren Fogle, the third star today. JT Comfort, the second star. Miko Rantanen selected as the first star. Our fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retail, is Matthias Yanmark, who had a goal and an assist today. Well, you heard it in Warren Fogel's voice there. I'm sure he's echoing what many fans are thinking this afternoon. Well, and exactly what we talked about is the commitment to defense and the commitment to details. There was one example in this game tonight where the Colorado Avalanche had a, an odd man break that the defensive players, the two defensemen for the Oilers, did a good job breaking up but then they got a second chance because the Oilers' three forwards changed. And that's just a cardinal sin. You do not change on a back check. Uh, you get back, and then you find a way to get the puck out, and then you go and change. You never change coming back. It's just little things like that. Things that the, made the Oilers very successful during their run after Christmas, uh, the Oilers are, have gotten away from. And shift length. Again, that's another thing when... You, 
it seems like a, a small thing, but if you're extending your shift, sometimes it affects the line combinations. Sometimes you, oh, we, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna stay a little bit longer. Then you get stuck in your own zone. Now you're tired. That's when mistakes happen. Or you get out, you stay out too long, the puck gets iced, now you're a tired group on for a face-off in your own zone, and that's where you see the face-off plays that come back and hurt you because you're too tired to, to make the right read, too tired to get in the right positioning. Uh, all fixable things but things that have creeped into the Oilers' games before. And the Oilers were pretty excited coming out of Christmas. They thought, okay, we've corrected those. Well, the exact same problems have creeped into it. And now the Edmonton Oilers, again, uh, it, what's it, six losses in their last 10 games? I know they're getting points out of it, but the feeling in the dressing room, those are feelings of losses. Yeah. Well, as I've often said about overtime or shootout losses, how you feel about it de might depend how you did in the previous game or two and yep. then the, the game or two after so right now the Oilers are looking at three straight where they've lost in overtime or a shootout and so it falls after a game that they played poorly in in Montreal so now it's like four right. games in a row you haven't tasted victory yes so this what it feels worse and then the way it happened the Oilers two goal lead going into the third period against the Rangers they get one point. Two goal lead going into the third period against Colorado and extending it after an early goal by Colorado. So those have bigger... If you come back from down 4 nothing, tie the game and lose a game in overtime, you're feeling, okay, you know what? We lost the game, but we got a point. But when you give up a lead and then lose it in overtime, that hurts even more. David is a winner today of $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. I set the line at one and a half points by Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He got one to... To tie his career high of 69, he does not set the new career high of 70. So David is the winner of Set the Line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement, bet on it. We'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have John. Hi, John. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hi, John. Hey, hey how's it going? Good. Good. Um, I'm wondering why is, why is no one talking about trading Nurse? He's been a big problem with our big fallings. Um, defensively since 2017. Um, I, I just I don't get it. Like we need. To He's not going to be traded. He's okay. not going to be traded, John. Okay, so here's here's Darnell Nurse I plays against the other. Darnell Nurse plays the other team's best players. That that's simple. That he plays against their best players. He leads the Oilers in plus minus. He's plus 16, and there's no one else even close. He's their best defenseman. No one even close. Is he overpaid? A lot of you can argue that, but he is their best defenseman. And he's not getting traded. He's got seven years left on a contract that plays him $9 million a year. He's he's not getting traded. Like, he plays his best game when he's playing aggressive. He played that a few games ago where he's really aggressive. I don't get why he doesn't play like that. Well, he's, he always plays with a bit of a, a burr in his saddle, but he's not... They, the Oilers don't want him fighting. They don't want him in the penalty box. He's because there's a huge drop off when on the left side. If Darnell Nurse isn't on the ice, it's a big drop off. He plays 25, 26 in important games. He plays up 29, 30 minutes. Uh, I yes, I agree that Darnell Nurse is at his best when he's plays ornery, when he plays angry. Um, it's and that's, why he, that's why he got that big contract is playing that way. No, well, no, he got the big contract because he's, he's their best defenseman. Like, defense, he's, he's plus 16 on the year. I mean, Connor McDavid is the best player in the world who's leading the scoring outside of Leon. He's got a 25, 30-point scoring lead on anyone else. He's plus four, five on five. That shows you Darnell's plus 16 
on the season. Fair he's, enough. He's, he's, he's their best defenseman. It's not even close. My next thing is why on earth is Vinny and Holloway sent down, even though I understand there might be trade talks. No, it's cap. It's, it's, it's cap, cap unfortunately. It, and actually, that's a great question because I actually asked Reed that. Like, why would they not send Yessi down and keep those two up? But as Reed told me, that's not enough cap space. If they sent Yessi Pugliarvi down, they still would have to send you, one of those two players down. You can only bury $1.125 in the minors. So, for example, well, we need- we'll, we'll use McDavid. as If you sent McDavid down, you'd still have 11.375 or whatever against the cap. So you'd have to send McDavid and DePlayer down to make it work. But, yeah, yeah oh. 100%. Holloway deserves yeah, to be I, here. I, and Dayarnay, the Oilers are a better team when no, Dayarnay's in the lineup. No, that's a, that's a, and we touched on this a little bit after. That's a whole bigger discussion point. Should have you got rid of Yessi earlier last summer? Should you just trade him for nothing? You're whatever. But, yeah, no, that's that's a fair question because especially Day, I think they're a worse team without Vinny. I agree 100%. What Vinny can do as an AHL defenseman has zero NHL experience and turn our team around. If we got a defenseman like Perenko or even Carlson that can skate with the puck, it'd just be huge. Well, I agree 100%. You're a better team with Perenko and Carlson. They're, they're star players. The problem is their contracts and what the other salary cap is, you can't get them. I think Why in the last few games, for one of them? pardon me? Why couldn't we get rid of Nurse for one of them? Well, because look, you're not look, getting look, rid of Nurse. I, I, I don't think they're going to trade Nurse. I mean, they didn't sign him to that contract to, to trade him. And if you think Nurse is so bad, why would anybody else want him? Well, if you guys think he's so good, why wouldn't they? Well, I, I, they, they won't trade Nurse. I, nurse isn't going to get traded for Colton Pareko. Nurse isn't going to get traded for Carlson. With Dreisaitl and McDavid, I understand that, but... I, I mean, I know that Nurse has it. It's either love him or hate him. But Darnell Nurse is their best defenseman. They're, Carl's, if, if you're getting rid of Carlson or if you're getting rid of Pareko, you're doing that because you're rebuilding. You're not going to rebuild around a defenseman that's making $9 million. So they're not going to trade for him. Uh, the Oilers would be a way better team if they had Carlson and Pareko. They're fantastic players. They just yeah. can't afford those players. You know, John, don't you find it's interesting that the media gets accused of running players out of, t- out of town, and all season long, Rob and I got to take all this crap about Nurse? Don't you find that a little interesting? Well, it's I, what makes me upset is how Bouchard, he gets, I know he's had a bad game or whatever, but he has been kind of crapped on a bit but nurse there's no talk about it oh there's the a ton of talk every every, every game we take calls on nurse 100 percent we do um uh, bouchard has had a, bouchard's had an off year uh, there was i i thought he would score 15 goals this year evan bouchard yeah. I, I honestly did and he's he's got three goals and they came in back-to-back games he had three goals in two games uh he's he's taken a step back this year the expectation was he was going to be better and i was hopeful that he would um, he's he settled down a little as of late, and a lot of that has to do with the play of Broberg, who I think has been excellent. I do think that the Oilers, the last few games where they've had blown leads, uh, maybe there might have been a difference in the game if Dayarnay is here. Because Dayarnay plays a simple game. He's a guy yeah. that is safe. He doesn't make def- any big mistakes. And I think not having him in the lineup has hurt the Oilers because late in games, you could put him out there and feel comfortable. So I do think that the salary cap issues have created a problem because Dayarnay is not in the lineup when he should be. 
Yeah, yeah, hopefully he's back soon, he and Holloway. Thanks, John. I think we gave you a lot of time. That'll be our uh, quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. Oilers blow it 6-5. They lose in overtime to the Avalanche. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Into the Oiler end on the left wing. Gave it to McKinnon, dodges the hit from Yamamoto. Puck gets rimmed around on the that right wing side. That was a hard hit by Yamamoto. Sure was. Yamamoto delivers the crunch of the game for Cougar Paint Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. Avalanche beat the Oilers 6-5 in overtime. Just the second time in franchise history, the Oilers have lost three straight games in overtime or a shootout. The other time was in March of 2009. Okay, 7804960063. We have Bob standing by. Go ahead, Bob. How's it going, guys? Good. Uh, I'm thinking uh, a couple of three defensemen on the Oilers need to work on their skating this summer. <laughs> Boy, I know it's hard to keep up with a guy like Nathan McKinnon, but uh, uh, watching this hockey game today, parts of it. Uh, McKinnon, he makes some of these players look like pylons when he's uh, going full tilt. He is world class, 100%. It's uh, when the when he had that one in overtime. I said to Reed, "Uh oh, you could just see he had it turned up yeah. to 10." Exactly, and like probably that the altitude got to the boys there in the third period because they looked pretty sluggish in the last seven seven eight minutes and then over time it looked like they were all pretty much gassed yeah well yeah i i think the bigger issue is whether it's mckinnon or not we've seen the Oilers struggle against teams that can that they can crank it up that push the pace yes. yeah and i think that's probably more than just probably more than just the speed of how fast your opponent can skate, but how tenacious they are, how yep. good they are in the forecheck. And, and yeah, that's been something that's uh, plagued the Oilers at times, well, really all season. Uh, we also have Christian on the Certainty Hotline. Christian, go ahead. Hey, guys. Um, I just want to congratulate Dave Campbell on a good uh, performance tonight. I thought he played pretty good. Well, Dave Campbell's my colleague here at 630 Chat. I, mean, I think Dave, he had a good no. afternoon. So I'm just, <laughs> I know you met Jack. I'll tell <laughs> Dave, though, you like his work. <laughs> yeah, that, that too, him too. Okay. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, Campbell, like well, Campbell, made some good saves, but see, that's and that really uh, highlights some of the issues that the Oilers have right now. As in the last two games, Campbell has given up ten goals, and we had a caller call in say Campbell played well, and we both thought Campbell played good in the last game against the Rangers. So that means the Oilers are just giving up too many odd man breaks. And again, uh, some of it's on the defense. But also a lot of it's on the forwards. Uh, poor changes, not coming back, not being on the right side defensively. Warren Fogle talked about it. And this is something that was in the Oilers game early in the season, and they seem to correct it. Uh, they've got to get back to being a better defensive team. And, try and they can't just continue to try and outscore their mistakes because some nights it doesn't work out for them. All right, uh, we'll get uh, one more call in. We have Mike standing by. Mike, go ahead. How's it going, boys? Good. It's Mike from Ottawa there. I haven't called in a while, but uh, it's a couple hours later in Ontario, so uh, had a Mike, couple we're, years. Mike, we're tight and... for time, so we got to give you about a minute, okay? Go ahead. Okay, well, all i got to say is... <laughs> I got the blues. <laughs> we got a three-goal lead. Oh, yeah. And 
Gainesville Speed. Uh, the Orioles going to blow it. Go to overtime. Who knows what will happen? Oh, there we go, and we lose again. Hey, boys, all I got to say is, Dubis, I live in Ottawa, so I got a lot of Toronto um, friends that love the Leafs, and I hate the Leafs, I hate the Flames, love the Oilers. We got to make a move, okay? Like, I know there's lots of rumors going on. I know Carlson's hard to get. They went and got O'Reilly. They went and got Achari. They got they got what they needed, a guy who could win face-offs. We need to make a move. Holland, I know he's working the phones. We need to do something. We need to do something soon, and it's got to be big because McDavid's not getting any younger. It needs dry sidle. Go Oilers, go! Yeah, I think that's fair. And the trade deadline is a big story. And I agree. And I've said this before. This is this is a big, well, now we're, before I was saying two months, now it's a big couple of weeks for Ken Holland because we, we know what the Carlson aside, and we weren't talking about Carlson mm-hmm. much earlier in the season, D- defenseman and or a, a forward with some pace. I who agree. could maybe win faceoffs and or kill penalties. 100%. Like, yeah. I would have loved that Achari. Oh, he's a good hockey player. And as you said, he was one of the better players for the Toronto game the other night. I do believe the the Oilers are going to make a move. I don't know when it is, but the one thing that I like what these other teams, the Rangers and the Leafs have done, they've gotten extra games out of these players they've traded for because they didn't wait till the deadline. So they're benefiting earlier because they went and were aggressive earlier. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting 10 days, but I think the last little stretch of the Oilers has shown they still have deficiencies in their game. Avalanche take it 6-5 in overtime, so the Oilers record now 30-19-8 and on the season. Our next game broadcast presented by Friesen Brothers is Tuesday, home to the Flyers. 5.30 face-off show, game at 7. Thanks to Andrew Connell, our studio producer this afternoon. Get more on the team on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a great family day. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.